Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Cara, acne can be tough. Whether your kid is just starting to get breakouts or has been struggling with them for years, there's a great product that can help. Phyla is the ultimate game changer. It tackles acne right at its root cause, rebalancing the skin's bacteria and packing it with probiotic phages. Phyla harnesses the superpowers of probiotics, tiny warriors targeting and wiping out the acne-causing bacteria. In studies, Phyla slashed acne-causing bacteria by a whopping 90%. Phyla doesn't just fix acne you can see. It stops new breakouts in their tracks. It has no harsh chemicals and won't irritate or dry most skin. Phyla's three-step system is like a dermatologist-approved magic potion. Cleanse, apply serum, and moisturize twice a day. As a special treat for our listeners, you can grab 25% off your first order of Phyla. Head over to phylabiotics.com, enter code PUBERTY at checkout, and kickstart your family's journey to acne-free skin. Check out the link in our show notes for quick access. Hi, I'm Cara Natterson. And I'm Vanessa Kroll Bennett. And we are obsessed with flipping puberty positive. Puberty is a roller coaster of physical and emotional shifts. It happens to literally every human on earth. And it shouldn't be cringy, it should feel comfortable. Which is why we started this podcast and we write a newsletter and why we have a social media channel called Spilling the Puberty. It's why we have a brand called Umla that makes things like stinkless socks and why we write books like The Caring Keeping of You and This Is So Awkward. Our mission is to remove puberty's cringiness and it all started with this podcast. We are so glad you're here. Good morning, Vanessa. Good morning, Cara. We're recording bright and early today. Well, yes, for we me, for we're you. on different we're on different coasts for the first time in a long time. In three weeks, four weeks, in three weeks. But we're going to be back together next week. I know. And can you tell that we have these wonderful media voices because of all the time that we've spent <laughs> speaking? being interviewed. I don't think we've recorded our own podcast episode in a while. No, it's a while. been a while. It's so funny. Media voices. I got up, I took a shower and I put on my media voice. That's what I feel like. This is <laughs> I, put on, I put on my makeup. What's that song? Oh, I, I could sing it. Sing it. Spare, oh no, I'm not going to sing it. But I am going to tee up today's episode. That is what I'm going to... I'm gonna oh, pivot. is that what we're here for? <laughs> I'm going to pivot and talk about today's episode to time so excited about because it really falls on the heels of a series of episodes we've done recently with guests, particularly the episode we did just last week, where we interviewed Jacqueline Friedman, who 
runs an organization called Educate Us or Educate US, depending upon how you pronounce it. It's an organization that looks at political steps that can be taken, legislation that can be put into place to not just build standards for health and sex education, but actually to build legal requirements for sex and health education. And it may come as no surprise to you listeners that we have that conversation with Jacqueline because we are personally extremely invested in health and sex education. And we are here to announce in a very pre-pre kind of way (laughs) that we are getting on the front lines and going beyond a podcast and moving beyond a book. And what we've been doing in all of our spare time is actually building a curriculum that takes our tone and our approach, which we like to consider relatable and reliable, that's (laughs) our little punchline, and flip it into classroom materials so that kids can get the education they need. And teachers, even if they're not trained to teach this, can deliver the information in a way that feels comfortable. That was the biggest run-on sentence ever. You sounded like me, Cara. I know. (laughs) And, and, and. But this is why we are here today on the heels of speaking with Jacqueline to talk about what we're doing and the steps that we're trying to take. So let me set the scene for everyone. You're so Um, good at setting the scene. I'm so good. If any of you have heard us on the road and our talk, I do a lot of setting the scene, which allows me to let my freak flag fly a little bit. And it's super fun. So we are about a dozen schools into four dozen, I think about four dozen school talks over the next few months. And what's amazing about being in school communities, A, is seeing how each community is unique right? Everything from what the parking lot feels like to who greets us to what snacks they have at our talk to what questions the parent body asks, what questions the faculty asks, what the decor is in the room we're speaking in. Are there paintings? Are there flags? Is it serene and completely quiet? Is it loud and noisy? Are there kids running past? It's always quiet when I open my mouth and it's always like (laughs) laughter when you open your mouth, I'll just say. (laughs) So Cara and I take turns getting up to speak. We sort of tag team. It's like WWF, except there's no wrestling involved. It's just talking. And everyone's like braced for whatever information Cara is about I to literally, lay I, I step up with my mic and people are like, <gasps> and What's then Vanessa tell us? steps up and she's like, let me set the scene. And people are like, ah. <laughs> They're like, I can breathe for the next five minutes. So we're seeing all these communities and they're all totally unique. And That is an amazing part of the experience. And we love meeting everybody, like people who've been listening to our podcast from the very beginning and people who just heard about our podcast last week and everyone in between and the questions they ask and the kind of emotion they bring to it and the vulnerability and all of that. And I'm not just talking about parents. I'm talking about educators and administrators and 
It is so thrilling. I mean, there's a reason why we are crisscrossing the country and like basically abandoning our families for three months because to be in community with all of these different schools and all these different parents and all these different educators is such a thrill for us. So there's lots of ways they're unique. And then there are ways where the experience is universal. And the universality of that experience is in the fact that people recognize that they need really, really, really good information that is science-based, that is up-to-date, and they need it delivered in a way that is fun and funny and honest and real. And they need to get over their own stuff around puberty and adolescence in order to share all that information with kids. And so essentially what we are working to do is to meet the needs of all the people that we have heard from, literally thousands of people already, and it will be thousands more before we are done. And those people are all saying, please give us the data, give us the information, tell us what to say, train us on how to say it. And it is such an honor that people are trusting us with these parent ed nights, with these faculty trainings, with allowing us to communicate with their parents and hopefully down the road with their students. So that is the scene of Cara and I all over the country in a variety of places hearing over and over, please, please, please give us the information, tell us what to say. And I think it goes beyond that, Vanessa, because when we speak to teacher-only audiences, we get requests from those teachers. They go something like this. Yes, we have to do the talk. Help us. Give us resources. Is there a better way through? Is there anything out there that we can use in the classroom that makes this better? If the title of our book is This is So Awkward and the the secret subtitle is But It Shouldn't Have to Be or It Doesn't Have to Be, then what we're getting from teachers and administrators is the same question related to health education, which anyone who's listened to the episode from last week with Jacqueline or the episode from the summer with our intern, Elizabeth, who covered state standards, what you know now is that There is no uniform requirement for health and sex education in this country. And where there are any scaffolds in place, they are what are called standards. They are recommendations. They're ideas about how something might be taught. But no one really requires or follows through on a mandated requirement around this teaching. And This is about preventive health, right? Health education is not sex education. It's health and sex education, right? So they're not synonymous. They are sort of progressive. They are in lockstep. They are important pieces of a bigger puzzle. By progressive, you mean one after the other. Sorry, yes, that that is what I mean. One after the other. But like, how can we not teach fourth graders about hygiene? How can we not? And for people who say, but, you know, isn't that something that parents should teach? By the way, I've never met a parent who has said that. So it's usually non-parents who are like, isn't that something parents should teach? But yes, and. 
Yes. Mm -hmm. And it's part of science. It's amazing to learn that body odor is a scientific process and you can learn about how bacteria eat oil and, and metabolize it and fart it out. And that's the smell. There's a classroom style learning and a home style learning. And both are additive in terms of getting kids to a place where they are safe and healthy. And so when we decided to embark on curriculum, frankly, I mean, it wasn't really a decision. You and I have both taught in classrooms, in school settings, in workshops for years. And I think the first class I ever taught, it must have been 15, 16 years ago, the first classroom class I taught. No, more than that, 17 years ago, because my daughter wasn't yet in kindergarten. And she ended up going to kindergarten at the school where I taught. And from day one of kindergarten, she was dreading the class that I was going <laughs> to teach her, which is why this is a sort of a relevant landmark. And from minute one, I found myself scouring for any kind of video content, any kind of curricular content that felt like it met kids where they were. And there is some content out there. There is some content that is actually good, but buried in so much text or so much, it's just buried. It's just, it's just hard to access. There's content that is downright bad. There's video content that is very nostalgic. That's actually what I usually used was sort of videos from the 80s and 90s that had this nostalgia factor where the science was good, but also you could kind of laugh at the outfits and the language and the vibe and the hair. And and it made it easier. It was an icebreaker. But where sex and health education has moved is to be either too simple or too all-inclusive. So in one lesson, you get from zero to 100 And actually, if you've got a group of 10-year-olds or 12-year-olds, they just need to get from zero to 10. The curriculum needs to be progressive in the sequential kind of way. It needs to, as they say in schools, have scope and sequence. You wouldn't go from basic calculations to algebra in a single lesson. So why should we go from hand-washing to periods in a single lesson? Cara, lately I have been lying awake at night. I'm physically exhausted, but I can't sleep because my mind is so wired with everything going on between work and my family. So I've added magnesium breakthrough to my nightly routine and it actually helps calm my mind. It helps me get better sleep and I wake up feeling better rested. I'm less cranky and I'm more patient with my family and with you. Oh, I've noticed And it's because unlike other magnesium supplements that might give one or two formulations of magnesium, magnesium breakthrough has seven. That's why you're sleeping so well and waking up refreshed. Now, dietary supplementation is always best, Vanessa. So that means eating your minerals and vitamins is the best way to get them in. But if you can't or you don't get enough, magnesium breakthrough is the way to go. It can also help digestion, though too much helps your digestion too much, which is not a good thing. It can support muscle recovery. So bye-bye, Charlie horses. And it helps build dense bones, which is especially important for women approaching and in menopause. We have an exclusive offer for our listeners. You can go to buyoptimizers.com slash puberty, B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com slash puberty. 
and you can use the code PUBERTY10 during checkout to save 10%. That promo code is PUBERTY10 at bioptimizers.com slash puberty. Your body and brain and family and business partner will thank you. Vanessa, we literally have three minutes to eat lunch every day. I am not joking. And the challenge is how to make it delicious and healthy and still fit into that tiny window. Our answer is Factors Ready to Eat Meals. They have been a godsend. We throw our Factor meals in the microwave. It takes two minutes and out comes a gorgeous, fresh, never frozen meal. We both love the tamale vegetarian one. It's delish. There's a ton of options every week. There's 60 add-ons, breakfast, snacks, beverages. I love doing the wellness shots with my kids. They think it's hilarious. And I know they're getting vitamins and minerals in their bodies. So get meals on your table or at your desk in two minutes or less. Factor meals eliminate the hassle of prepping, cooking, and cleaning. You can customize with flexibility to get as much or as little as you need. And you can press pause or reschedule depending upon your lifestyle. So to order... Go to factormeals.com slash puberty50 and use the code puberty50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That code is puberty50 at factormeals.com slash puberty50 to get 50% off your first box, 20% off your next box. And I am going to go do that right now because I need more factor meals in my refrigerator. Cara, my kids love Magic Spoon cereal, and even though it's cereal, they actually love it as a homework snack. The variety pack has four flavors, cocoa, fruity, frosted, and peanut butter, and fruity is the favorite flavor in my house. Now, this pack has zero grams of sugar, between 13 and 14 grams of protein, and between four and five grams of net carbs per serving. It's made with wholesome ingredients, no artificial flavors or dyes, and it's high in protein, gluten-free, grain-free, and soy-free. So a great choice, Vanessa. You can go to magicspoon.com slash puberty to grab a variety pack and try it today. And be sure to use our, you guessed it, promo code puberty at checkout to save $5 off your order. And Magic Spoon is so confident you're going to love their product. It's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they will refund your money. No questions asked. They do not want you to send their cereal back to them. Try a bowl of Magic Spoon cereal today at magicspoon.com slash puberty and use the code puberty to save $5. Yeah. So if you're wondering what our goal is, And why? Our goal is to provide schools across the country with science-based, age-appropriate, developmentally-appropriate information for kids. The curriculum for now will start in fourth grade and run through the end of middle school. We will add high school next year, and then we will move down from third grade all the way to kindergarten short order, depends how much car cracks the whip. But more than that, the whole purpose of this is that the research tells us, and Jacqueline talked about this last week, and we see this in the Youth Risk Behavior Survey from 2021, and I have no doubt it will be repeated in their 2023 survey when that comes out, that schools that teach health and sexuality education 
are safer places for all of their students. And when I say all of their students, I mean all of their students, not just kids who identify as LGBTQ+, not just female students, all of their students. It shows a rate of less bullying. It shows a rate of less violence. It shows higher rates of inclusivity, higher mental health outcomes. Like this is not just condom on a banana type stuff. This is about human relationships, respect, consent, bodily autonomy, agency, self-esteem. There are some really fundamental and critical aspects to what gets taught overtly. Like we have the incredible privilege of working with the sexuality educator, Shafia Zaloom, who's based in the Bay Area. She is a total hero of ours. We learn from her every single time we talk to her. She's also funny as hell. And she is working with us and writing every single consent module in this curriculum. And there is literally no one better in the entire country to provide this information to kids and educators than Shafia. Like we are not messing around. We are finding the absolute best voices in the country to help us build this curriculum. And I want to pull that phrase you just said, kids and educators, because one thing that we have heard over and over and over again for years, but especially being on the road with this book, is that educators feel flat-footed. There are a small number whose schools have supported their education in health training. So their schools have sent them to conferences or enrolled them in classes to teach them how to be health educators. That requires their own personal interest and their own initiative and then school time and often funding to do that. That is a small group. It is a special group of people, and they are often the leaders of this curriculum at their schools, but not all schools have people who are trained. And most people who are asked to teach a class on health education, whether it is about sharing and consent or body changes or hygiene and using soap in the shower or periods or sex or drugs, right? Huge swath of topics, no matter what it's about, most of the people who are asked to teach it have no training. And they can't say no, or they don't feel that they can say no. And their school is often very apologetic. I know you don't have any training, but someone needs to teach it. The kids trust you. You have a delivery that works with them. You work in the middle school or you work in that. Can you please do this? And for those educators, Not only do we see you, but we have your back. So part and parcel of what we're creating is a roadmap for educators so that they can dive into a class on a moment's notice and they feel armed to teach it in a way that is comfortable and safe, but they're not so bogged down with 25 pages of text and rules about the lesson. There's a very simple roadmap. I will tell you who we have left out of the equation, Vanessa. We have left out because we can't fix everything all at once. The parents and guardians and primary caretakers at home who have also told us that they are starving for this information and they want to know what their kids 
either are learning in school or should be learning in school so that they can carry on that conversation. So you want to talk about what we're going to do there? Yeah. So there's two things we're going to do. One, as part of the curriculum, we are going to help schools communicate. We're going to give schools the scope and sequence and the language for what it is they're going to be teaching kids. Because one of the hardest parts, I watched this with my own kids' school, my own eighth grader, the health teacher had to tell the parents what she was going to be teaching the kids. And it's really stressful. So part of what we're providing with the curriculum is communication between the school and the parents about what is covered in that particular year's health lessons and why and how it helps keep kids healthy and safe. So that's one element. The other element is for those of you who live in communities, in school districts, in states, in parts of the world where school-based health and sexuality and relationship education is not available. And for those of you who just want extra credit and your kids are learning stuff and you want to know what they're learning, we are creating a curriculum that I put curriculum in air quotes for families and for parents who believe in the responsibility of giving their kids this education at home, but aren't trained in it, maybe didn't grow up with this education, aren't sure where to begin, aren't clear on what's age appropriate or what age to start or what to include and what to wait on till kids are older. So the next goal is a companion parent, caregiver, and family piece to this curriculum. And here's what we haven't said, Cara. So we think we're pretty funny. Hopefully some of you think we're pretty funny. We think we're like pretty up to date on like what's going on in the culture and how kids learn and how it's best to give kids information and how it's effective to relay complex science and important social and emotional concepts. So part of this curriculum is actually fun and funny. And we use videos and memes and all sorts of multimedia presentations so that it's not a kid sitting bored listening to an adult talk at them. It is interactive. It is multimedia. It is joyful. It is not fear-based. It is information-based and empowerment-based. And I would say that's what sets this apart the most is the vibe and the intentionality behind that. So this is not one gigantic commercial for our (laughs) curriculum. (laughs) The reason we are doing this podcast today is that Vanessa and I want to solicit feedback from people all over the country. We have audiences of 50, 80, 100, 200 people coming to listen to us at various schools. And it's amazing. And we solicit feedback from them. And we take every question people ask us and it goes into the bank of questions. And all of that is very important in terms of how we're building the content for kids, for educators, and for the adults who are raising these kids. However, There's a much broader audience than the audience that we're getting in front of over the next six to eight weeks. So we are reaching out to you, our listeners, to share with us your feedback. So first of all, if you're interested in hearing about the curriculum 
and you would like to get on our email list so that we can send you information that you can pass along to your school. Or if you are a teacher or administrator and you are already affiliated with a school, email us, thepubertypodcast at gmail.com. Send us an email, put in the subject line, add me to your email list for curriculum, and we will happily put you on there and start sending you materials that give you a peek into the curriculum and share it with you when it is available in the next few weeks. If you have a thought or an idea about a topic that you feel really needs to be covered, we want to hear from you. We know what the best practices are currently. We know how we think a curriculum should unfold. However, we also know that there is not enough time and space in a school day to teach everything related to health that kids need to know. So one of the things that we're doing as we build the curriculum is we are organizing it in such a way that the content is prioritized for the school. This is what kids really must know. And here are all the ancillary lessons that if something comes up or if you have extra time, these are incredible things for kids to know. What we would love to hear from you, tell us what is going on either in your kid's life or in your kid's school that you think translates into a must teach or may teach kind of lesson. What would you as the adult want to see in these materials as we build them over time for a given grade? Yeah. And for those of you who are educators, because we know we have tons of educators in our listener base. Tell us what makes it hard to teach health ed. What gets in the way? Is it the structure of the school day? Is it the amount of time you have? Is it the, you know, many schools that don't have year-long health ed curriculum do a kind of a spring health ed class? And so is it hard to teach at the end of the year? Is it great to teach at the end of the year because you've earned trust with the kids? Like, We want to understand from an educator's perspective, what are the highs and lows of being charged with this important responsibility? And I should add, Cara, that we are in tandem developing professional development materials for educators to accompany the curriculum and also hopefully someday like a whole vertical of professional development in partnership with Shafia and some of the other wonderful educators we work with. And we want to know, like, what would really help? Because so, so many people say to us, I want to do this right. This is hard for me. I'm not trained in this. I don't know how to do it, but I want to do it right. And by the way, that's the same message we get from parents. This is not just the message we get from educators. This is also the same thing. Everyone has the best of intentions. And our job is to help provide information and guidance. And so help us help this country by understanding even better after all the research and all the work we've done, what would make your job easier and more effective and more successful. So Cara, I feel like we should give people a teaser on what's actually in the curriculum so that they can have a sense of what they're reacting to because we've only been obsessing over this for several months. You mean they can't read my mind? (laughs) So 
That's a good place to land as we prompt you to send us feedback. So each grade level has a set of eight lessons. In my fantasy world, health education has eight slots over the course. Health education is every day in my fantasy world, but it's all. So this is this is a combination of must do, may do, and it covers everything from basic hygiene and body changes, separate lessons, to consent and relationship building and friendship dynamics, all separate lessons, to sex education, drug education, safety issues, to hair growth and body odor and understanding the science behind certain specifics and managing those specifics and understanding why it's important. In the consent corner, as you mentioned, we have a consent lesson in every single grade. Consent teaching should begin in preschool, right? Consent teaching is not about sex. It's about mutual enthusiastic agreement to sharing space or sharing feelings to sharing. And those lessons can begin very, very young. And we incorporate them in the curriculum, I think in kind of the most fun way possible, but that's because we have Shafia and she's just genius. I don't want to give away too, too much, but I think that gives a sense of the sampling. I mean, it's, if you look at the book, the book is about the body changes, the brain, oh, I left off brain changes. Brain development is very much part of this curriculum. Our book is about body changes, brain changes, and emotional, social, and relational shifts. That is what the curriculum covers. This is going to be no great surprise that everything we talk about in our book is covered in an educational curriculum because kids need to and want to know about each of these things. And for people listening and thinking, well, I don't want my fourth grader learning about sex. We don't talk about sex in fourth grade. We don't talk about sex in fifth grade we start to lay the groundwork for relationships and desire and urges in sixth and seventh grade. But again, people assume that all the fundamental aspects of helping kids learn how to take care of their bodies, how their bodies change, how their bodies are in the world and how to keep them safe, that requires a ton of foundational work long before the topic of intercourse is ever introduced. And then people freak out, oh my God, well, you know, we keep hearing from schools all all over the country that people keep asking about like, well, do you teach about gender identity? Because that's not appropriate. And our whole philosophy is like, there's so much stuff that is just about inclusivity, about using inclusive language, about making sure everybody feels heard. No one is indoctrinating anyone. And that, I don't mean to get preachy and soapboxy, but we want to make it clear that good information is not about indoctrination. It's about agency and safety and good information. And every school is different. Every, as Jacqueline said on the episode last week, every state is different within every state. Every county is different within every county. Every neighborhood and district and school is different. And so we have created content that we suggest for specific grades and ages and levels. But the truth is, each school will be left to choose what feels appropriate to their population. 
So if you have a group of kids in the fourth grade that needs more information about brain development than we've put in the fourth grade curriculum, once someone signs up for the curriculum, they have access to all the information across every grade and the school and the teacher can work together to decide what they want to use. Likewise, if you have an issue pop up in a grade and it requires some basic science information, a bullying issue or a friendship issue, the information in the curriculum can be tapped on an as-needed basis. So not only are we not trying to be preachy, but we're also not trying to be prescriptive. We do realize that what different communities need is going to vary. And all we're trying to offer is something that is data-based, that is clear and informational, and at the end of the day, keeps kids safe and healthy. We can't do this without you. We need your input. We need your experience. We need your insight so that we can create the most effective, most meaningful curriculum and guide for educators to use with kids. So be in touch. Email us thepubertypodcast at gmail.com. You can put just curriculum in the subject line. And in the coming weeks, we will have more and more information. But in the meantime, you can check us out at, it's traditionally been order of magnitude.co, but um, <laughs> we can't buy the M. That aspiration has been shot. So we can now be found at modernpuberty.com. And we will have more and more information about the curriculum in the days to come. Be in touch. Don't be shy. Send us suggestions, thoughts, ideas insights, all of it, because we need to do this with everyone, not just for everyone. Thanks, Vanessa. That was a very long pause. Thanks, Cara. (laughs) I'm so excited. (laughs) Me too. Thanks, everyone. We absolutely love hearing your feedback and getting all your questions. So anytime you want to be in touch, email us at thepubertypodcast at gmail.com. If you're looking for great puberty products like the Oom shorts or the Oom socks or the Oom bra, you get the theme there, go to myoomla.com. If you want more content, you love what we do on the Puberty Podcast and you want to have us come speak or learn more about our book or subscribe to our amazing newsletter, The Awkward Roller Coaster go to orderofmagnitude.co. Remember, it's .co because we don't have enough money to buy .com yet. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. 
Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 